Well, hello, welcome to the Bold Men's Podcast. Oh, yeah. Sitting around the table today, we've got Larry Heiler. Hello, man. Joe Graves. In the flesh. And John Welch. We pick up today in Colossians chapter 3, verse 18. 18 through chapter 4, verse 1. I'll tell you what, this is my favorite section. Guys, read this <laughs> Read this text and yeah. then come back and join us as we talk about how to make our wives submit. You only want to read the first two <laughs> verses. That's all I need, buddy. That's all I need. Or the first verse. <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah, Colossians chapter 3, verse 18 through 4, verse 1. So we're going to talk about family relationships and uh, maybe employee-employer relationships. Uh, on this podcast, but you got to understand where we come from. Paul, overall, in this chapter, has been talking about you know Christian life and how we position ourselves. What's our posture with Christ? And more, more importantly, the life of the new man. What it, What does your life look like? And Be, so, because our life ought to look different. It should look different after I'm, coming to Christ. I mean, that is that's kind of. I don't know surface, but but it's important for us to say that because so many people would call themselves Christians and their life doesn't change. Absolutely, and where does it usually not change in the home? Yeah, and uh, I mean, if, if, if the if, home's not right, nothing else is going to be right. If the only change that has occurred is now Sunday mornings are reserved to go to some building, you're yeah. you're probably missing something. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, and we see that so many times, and I, I feel like in our in, in church leadership, a lot of times you're you're trying to pull people along and trying to pull and pull and pull, and and people don't want to go deeper. They're right. afraid to go deeper, or mm-hmm. or there's uh, an overriding fear that that they're going to have to give something up. The, this thing that they used to call FOMO, right? Fear of missing out. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, that, there's that going on, and f- afraid you're going to miss out on something in life if you if you uh, start to live this life for Christ. But guys, this is the the most important thing that can happen in your life is surrendering to Christ every area of your life. And tonight we're going to read what Paul says with these familial relationships with the wife, the husband, the children. You know, what's it mean to be a father? What's it mean to be a good employee or in a good employer? You know, how, how do these things play out in our life? And and so, here we go. Uh, chapter 3, verse 18. Wives, submit to your husbands. That's it, folks. Thanks for tuning yeah. in to the Bold Men's Podcast. <laughs> but, <laughs> we got to just do 18A. You just you want the first part of verse That's 18. That's it, buddy. Okay. All I right. see how this Sorry, goes. go ahead. Now, as is fitting in the Lord. So we started off here, uh, much to the chagrin of the wives, <laughs> uh, Paul mentions it first, and why? Why would Paul mention the, the woman first? A couple reasons. I mean, one is culturally. In this culture, so so there there was a um, a a heretical teaching that was started to spread, and we see that glimpses of 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 Paul's teachings elsewhere when he says, I I mean, even earlier in this in this um, 
chapter three, verse eleven. Here, there is not Greek or Jew circumcised or uncircumcised. Uh, all are uh, all are free. Uh, Christ is in all and, uh, and is all. Uh, elsewhere, Paul talks about being equal, right, co heirs in Christ. Uh, but we see um, th- that culturally, in a society where it was male dominated. And women were women were um, well not given the respect and the. the I would they even were say due, subjugated. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, so, so that that's part of the situation here, and, and you had this revolt of some Christian women who were saying, "Hey, well, this in the church is teaching Christianity is teaching that we're now uh, equal, right? Co-heirs with Christ." Uh huh. Yeah, and so that becomes problematic. So he's kind of setting that back here. Uh, and, okay. uh, and saying, well, hold on, there's still a God-structured order to the family and the home. I think that's as an important was, statement, John, because I think it goes even beyond what you're saying, the cultural impact of the day. That is part of it. But I think also, if you go back to the Garden of Eden, who does God deal with first? He deals with the woman first. Yeah. Then he deals with the man. And I, I think Paul's following that same order Perhaps, yeah. Just because there's several re- reflections to the Garden of Eden here in, in this book, in, in this particular uh, pericope today. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, um, it, it's the thing that Paul always does. He always starts with the wives' duties and responsibilities. Yeah, I guess that's right, yeah. And mm-hmm. he never starts, well, husbands and then, well, wives then and then children. It's always. Is it always wives first? Always wives first, yeah. I never saw that before, mm-hmm. and that's the reason. I think it. That, I think it ties going back, back to Genesis. You're saying yeah, absolutely yeah. Genesis because yeah. Paul, remember, was so well versed in the Torah, yeah. and you know would have had it memorized without a doubt. And I guess my, my one of my points there is the fact that Paul always reverts to a pre-fall structure of yes, the does. family. Yes, he does. Right? Um, one of the fall. One, one of the symptoms of the fall. One of the curses of the fall. Is Genesis three fifteen ish? Yes. When when uh, God says uh, He will rule over you and you and you'll you'll uh, yearn after Him or yearn to rule Him. Um, your desire will your desire be to, be to rule to rule your husband. Yes, and right. He will rule you. That's right. Um, so that's one of the symptoms of the fall. That's why I mean, in our world today, listen, uh, 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 the the egalitarian movement is a very uh, dangerous uh, doctrine, teaching. Well, it's yeah. also an extreme twisting of Scripture. Without a doubt. Yeah. You have to twist Scripture <laughs> very, yeah. very delicately yeah. to to make that work. That's what that is, though. So There's, so we're, we're preaching probably to the choir here because all the guys listening are like, yeah, why? Yeah, submit oh, to yeah, us. Yeah, yeah. Right. So what's it mean <laughs> to submit to your husband? That's a, maybe a bigger question. Uh, that, that word is a military fr- phrase. It's a ranking, uh-huh. and God set that straight in Genesis. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it, he it's did. Ne- and he doesn't, his word doesn't change. I, I think the more important question here in this is, what does it mean as is fitting in the Lord? Aha, uh-huh. the, there's the key. I, I think we need to focus in on that at this point to really understand why the wife should be submitting to her husband. So what does that phrase mean? It does not mean... That you submit to your husband like your husband submits to God. He's not God. 
That's not what this Your is. husband's not God. That's yes. right. And we that's not the submission that Paul's talking about here. It's what's fitting to the Lord. And a lot of guys like to look at this like, well, I'm I'm God says I am, you know, unto me, like you're submitting like you like me and you and John do to the Lord. We submit our entire being to him. At least we should be trying to do that. That's not what this is saying. And this is also not saying this also guys in that little first a, it says your own husband. There's a reason he put that in there. Mm. A lot of people think, well, you just submit to men. No, that's to your right. Husband, yeah. you know, this doesn't refer to politics or government or church or this is your own husband that God has ordained and put made you one flesh with. Good points. And and those are things that guys just gloss over and don't realize. This is a very, this is why it's got so skewed between yeah. old school and what women look at is that S word, that submissive yeah. word. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my wife, I'm sure you guys' wives understand that their submission equals protection and love right. and sacrifice. My wife knows she has that. Yeah. yeah. yeah and that's doubt. what that means to yeah. me and to her. That's submission. She's safe. Yeah. One of the things here that as is fitting to the Lord means to me is that the woman is not necessary, even if the man's not worthy of being submitted to, if he's being uh, a jack wagon, as we would say. Uh, I thought you was going to say something. I wouldn't say that. I'd say something else. Go ahead. <laughs> that you're submitting to him out of reverence to the Lord, because that's what the Lord requires of a good wife. But what does that mean? It's it's a good question, and, and we have asking, to define those boundaries because it has been abused in the past. I mean, it has. It doesn't mean world. that the woman stays in, a, in an abusive relationship, right? Maybe he's just lost and needs guidance, and she submits to him as a man, so so as to not turn him off to the Lord, right? That doesn't mean that she stays in an abusive, hurtful right. relationship. Right. I think sometimes in today's world, women. Abuse that. Well, he's an abu- well, He's abusive. Well, he, you know, maybe if he's hurting her, yeah. <laughs> if he's hitting her, or if right, he's, yeah. he's mental abuse or whatever. But just because he didn't like your cooking doesn't mean he's abusing you. Yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, that's part of the. There's a lot of that snowflake thing going. Well, on. yeah, the overreaction, overcorrection yes. from the Me Too crap and all uh-huh. that feminism crap. Yes. But 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 to submit to, to your husbands does not mean to be to allow yourself to be abusive That's or, or abused and or anything like that. And 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 man, if 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 you're if you're abusing your wife, if you're if you're domineering over her, if you're reigning over her with an iron fist and you're saying submit, 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 you well you you're you're you suck. You you're not doing it no, right. Absolutely. Never. So let's look at the husbands. if you have to if you have to say I'm the boss, <laughs> you're, you're not, not. You're, you're, not. <laughs> you're on the wrong train. Yeah, that's, that's right. right. And you're yeah. Let's look at verse 19, because you mentioned husbands. Yeah. But what they're doing, let's, let's see what Paul says. Husbands, love your wives, and don't be bitter toward them. This is a truncated version of what Paul spells out oh. in, in other areas, mm-hmm. right? But he always tells the same thing. Husbands, love your wives. Why does, does it seems like a given, right? You should love your wife. Why does he spell that out? Every time. What do you say? Well, I say because 
we have a habit as men to become complacent. Okay. And if you become complacent in your marriage relationship, it looks a lot like an unloving person. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I like that. And really? That'll go. <laughs> no, I mean, no, no, th- no th- that'll go. Okay. Yeah, I, I just, I feel like complacency is one of those things that has plagued men throughout humanity, right? Throughout all history. And uh, we have to be willing to say, you know what, I have been complacent and I need to love my wife. And why do we get complacent sometimes? It says bitterness, right? Right down there, that woman, a lot of times she'll be bitter, right? She'll cause, her nagging will cause bitterness in the man, right? Uh, right here, verse 19, it says, um, Oh, okay. Yeah. Don't be bitter toward them. Okay. What, what's your say? Uh, don't be harsh with them. Okay, yeah, don't yeah. be harsh. Yeah, yeah, don't be you. bitter. That that harshness can come because there's infighting in the relationship, uh-huh. yeah. right? And so that infighting a lot of times causes us to pull back and to be complacent, and these problems start to arise. Um, Paul's just striking at the heart of it really quickly here. There's uh, better resources for this. I forget where it's at. I think in Ephesians, Paul goes into it with a little more depth. About what now? Sorry. About marriage relationships. He does. Well, does it well, yeah. Yeah, he, he has a lot more written down for this. but And I should have that written down in my notes here, but I don't. <laughs> well, one of the things that stood out to me is I'm just kind of looking at uh, husbands love your wives. Do not be harsh with them. The word love there, of course, we, we talk about right. this a lot. That there are three different types of mm-hmm. love that are used throughout the Bible. And there's some debate as to the validity of all this. Uh, but the word that's used there is a derivative of agape. Oh, yeah. Um, um, and that's uh, usually God's love, God's unconditional, um, undeserved. You know, the, the Old Testament word, I, I like the Old Testament word, it's um, uh, hesed. Um, hesed, oh, I love uh, it. Isn't that yeah, good? That's good. And, and, and it's, it's, it's God's overwhelming blessing, his, his, right? Yeah, his eternal, like, uh, yeah. That's, um, a, that's a good word. Yeah, and, and so... Hesed. Um, husbands love your wives. Um, and I think he's told that, you know, Eugene, I can't remember the guy's name, love and respect guy. He says, God, Paul tells us this because, because it's not natural. It's not, it's not normal love and respect, right? He says, uh, husbands love your wives and wives respect your husbands. And he tells us that because it's not natural to us. We need that reminder of, of, uh, you don't do. You don't tell somebody to do what's normal to them. I don't say, Joe, don't forget to breathe today, because you're going to do that. You, you know what I mean? Um, and that's what his his premise is for his uh, his platform. But uh, love your wives. That's agape, God's love, unconditional. It's not you know, and that's huge today, because the way we look at marriage in our society today, even within the church today, our love to our spouse is conditional. Yeah. Um, it, it's self-denial without a doubt. I mean, look, let's be honest to most men listening. The bedroom here is what we're talking about. Men want what they want and they feel that that's their, that's their, they're obliged to that. Mm -hmm. Instead of, instead of when the, the wife, uh, responds in a way of look, 
that's when we that's when agape love comes in and goes, hey, hon, that's fine. Yeah, I, I got you know. Yeah. I get it. You've worked yeah. with the kids. You've worked. You've cooked. You're you're done. Uh, maybe maybe whatever. Yeah. And I think I'm telling you, I John, you know this. A lot of this spurs and that, and and men will let that build instead oh, yeah. of it's instead of dealing with that issue right on the spot mm-hmm. and doing the agape thing, yeah. the Hasid thing, and saying yeah. Uh, you know, and Paul talks all through the New Testament about these relationships, yeah. about our body's not our own, hers is not hers, mine's not mine. That doesn't mean that I can say, look, it says, so I, I can have you anytime I want you. No, that's not what that means. Right. And, and that's, don't be harsh with them. That's, that's, right. that's exactly. one of the applications there. And, and is, think about what men Hey, you owe me this, right? Yeah. Or if you don't do this, I'll get it elsewhere. And you want payment. Oh, yeah. oh so I'm going to get by. Okay. You want yeah. You don't say it, but mm-hmm. down yep. and there's where that bitterness, and that's what yeah. Paul's talking about here. And nobody talks about this. This is a yeah. this is a relational thing, but in the family, it stays in the family. But it's that every time they come to that bridge, it turns into. And if you don't deal with that rightly, it will mm-hmm. never. She will never submit to you fully. Yeah. To the point where she's you know whatever just to please you. Yeah. Because of your response to her unwillingness to have sex with you. Yeah. It needs to be all right. Hey. Yes, I'm, and and not make a big deal out of it. Just self denial. Well, and true denial, right? Exactly. Like don't don't go looking for your bread buttered somewhere else. <laughs> you know what I mean? But, but that's the world we live in. That's listen, true. I, I mean, yeah. I can't tell you how many people sat in my office and said, "Listen, I know if if we don't if if I don't have sex with him, then he'll go find it somewhere else." Well, then he's a dirtbag. He is a dirtbag. <laughs> you know, that's I mean, not that, your problem. That, right. That's right. Yeah. yeah. But that, but that's the mentality today. Yeah. And so many. Here's my issue. If I were ever invited on a women's podcast, this is one of the things I'd say. So many of the women's books on sex and sexuality talk about if you don't have sex with him, he will get it somewhere else. And so there's that fear. I'm telling you, mm-hmm. most of the Christian books that are written for women will will argue that point. Really? It's an innate craving right. that he can't control. Listen, guys, you can't control. Yes, you can. Yeah, I would highly. <laughs> You know what I mean? Disagree with that. Yeah, I, I'm telling you, I, I could probably go f- in my office and pull off four books right now that would that would highlight that idea that men are incapable. They are animalistic. Some of them you'd probably read and liked, and they're nuanced throughout it. Wow, guarantee it. Wow. Love was it love love notes? Did you ever read that one? I no. don't think so. Love notes. Uh, uh, one of Chapman's books talks about it. Really, mm-hmm. Stephen Chapman, Gary, uh, Gary, Gary Chapman. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, anyway, yeah, don't be harsh with them, right? Yeah, and, and don't I, guilt them. Don't uh, manipulate them to have sex with you. Um, I, I, it's not just have sex with you, I, and this isn't all about sex. I, no, but no, that's a but huge that's application. Where it yeah, that's a lot of this huge and, application. You know, and this, the picture. <laughs> I, I mean, this sounds so silly. Well, I shouldn't say silly, but it sounds so uh, churchy. But it's so true. The picture is the cross. Mm-hmm. Agape love. Yeah. For no nothing in return, you don't say okay. I'll do it, th- but you, but I'm gonna get. I need something. No, it's oh. the, the debts. The, there is I, no debt. You know, I I was um, uh, listening to another podcast recently, and this guy wrote in this letter, and the, the story was the wife was in a horrible uh, car accident or some type of accident. I can't recall, and she was disfigured, right, scarred, you know, mangled, um, which led eventually over the next two years to the husband leaving her and you know 
trading her in for a newer model and all that stuff. You know, that's uh, the 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 idea the kids had about it, who wrote this letter. Um, uh, long story short, that's a prime example of not loving your wife. Because what happens when, listen, life changes. Things change, right? Yeah. Bodies change. Abilities change. All that stuff. Boy, oh, I'm telling you. You know what I mean? Yep. Um, uh, husbands love your wives. And that's not conditional. That's not as long as she stays thin and pretty or whatever, you know? As long as she does what I ask her to do. And as long as she cooks me and, yeah, yeah, all that stuff, yeah. Gosh, guys, I don't... We are so... Men are often very pig-headed. Now, I think men take a lot of flack that we shouldn't take today. You know what I mean? A lot of people throw stones at guys that shouldn't be thrown at, but... Do you um, think... John, do you think the church does a very good job on trying to... This is a big deal. This look, is a huge. Oh, listen, look at our divorce rate. Same as secular. Is maybe even a couple ticks higher? I mean, does the church address this? Well, we only might... because they're not getting married anymore, outside the church. It's not really a concern anymore. So marriage God, rates. Listen, are... we're not getting married in the church. Cohabitation rates are going through the roof. I know. <laughs> you know, this is. Uh, but let me pause there and say one of the reasons that that i'm focusing so hard this past year and, and, and coming up starting in february we've got another marriage event yes the reason we're doing these marriage things we've got a conference coming up already scheduled uh speakers coming in uh for in september of 23 that's one of the reasons we're doing this yeah. is because it needs to be addressed yeah. i mean we don't talk about this stuff and and i'm telling you guys um as uncomfortable as it can be I, i'm shocked to know how many people who have been married 10, 15, 20 years to their spouse and have never had an honest conversation with their spouse about sex. Yep. Uh, how in the world? I know it. Yeah. To I, sit down and, I mean, actually have the conversation. Of, bizarre. Yeah, it is. And, you know. What? No, no we're, we're good. I just didn't expect this conversation. Yeah, I'm sorry. This podcast. Yeah, well, here we go. The Holy <laughs> Spirit's moving, Joe. Really, really I, I want to say one more thing. The, the, of course. You know, uh, the church is made up of families. That's right. That's how the church coexist or exists in this world. Well, if you take a family where the, the head mom and dad are not, you know, on the same uh, page with their, you know, in life, don't tell me that you can serve God's church when you know things aren't good at home. I mean, you just can't, John. It's yeah. it, it's impossible. You might try, but it's half-hearted. It's not spirit-driven, and well, well, well scripturally, it, it's what's done in the flesh. Exactly, and what's done in yeah. the flesh is going to be thrown in the fire. That's right. So, I mean, anyway, I know we're getting off. We mm. have got off. No, that no, that's okay. It's all good observations. I agree. Wives love your husbands, <laughs> uh, right? Submit as is fitting to the Lord, and then husbands love your wives, and don't get. Harsh with them or bitter. Next relationship. <laughs> All right. Now we're going to switch it. Verse 20. Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. Now that's funny. <laughs> funny thing. <laughs> well, consider wives submit to your husbands as is fitting in the Lord. Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. Okay. Whoa. That's a change, isn't it? That is a change. Yep. In everything. In, in everything? everything? Yep. In, in everything. All, mine says all things. All things, yep. So, 
how does that play out when you may be a child? Maybe there's younger, a younger audience here. Let's just say there's a teenager that has come to the Lord, and the parents are not saved. Well, I think we've got to remember context here mm-hmm. because this is written to a church, sure, right? And so the implication is this, this is written to yes. children who are in homes that belong to the Lord and whose parents belong to the Lord. So let's make That's that. The the, let's go on and bring that out yeah. that we're not talking about that situation yeah. now. If we were, the, there are some things you could say there that, yes, you obey your parents, right? You do, unless it displeases the Lord. That's right. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, maintain your faith. Obey. But yeah, obey them. Yeah, o- obey until you cannot obey and be obedient to the Lord. That's when right. When you have to choose between two masters, you default to your ultimate master. That's right. <laughs> but in this context, in this context yeah, Christian... This Children growing up, growing up in Christian homes, obey your parents and everything, even when they're wrong. I love that, even so, when they're wrong. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, you all, you all are uh, professional parents, right? I'm still an amateur <laughs> parent. All right. Um, Only when you eject them from your house <laughs> do you become professional. So, so you all are professional. Uh, um, I'm sure you all were never wrong in your parenting, <laughs> oh, <laughs> right? Never, never, no, no, no. no. Uh, and we and we lead our children wrong, and we, you know what I mean. But our children are called. Uh, this is a huge thing. Our children are called to obey in everything, even when parents are wrong. Now that's not sinful, but wrong. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. You see the difference I'm making yep. there? Yes. And, and that's huge because look at our society today. We, we have we have a generation that doesn't know authority. This is largely authority. Understand authority. Yeah. If you don't understand authority, you'll never understand this right. this passage. Right. And, and, you know, I think God, obviously, I, w- I was going to say almost something like God did a good job, as always, <laughs> but he, he exercised that over his son. That's right. It's a perfect picture. Yeah. And what did his son do? He submitted and he listened yeah. and everything yeah. he told him he did. And that goes right down the line into our home. Even when it hurt. Even. <laughs> I love Hebrews 2.17. Yeah. That's one of the passages that's been coming up a lot in our Life of Jesus study. Hebrews 2.17. I think it's two seventeen. Maybe not. Hebrews somewhere. Uh, somewhere in Hebrews it says uh, uh, that that through his suffering he learned obedience. Yeah, yeah you're that, right. I mean yeah. that's yep. Somewhere in Hebrews. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Approximate quote. Yeah. Somewhere. Uh, so, so children and everything obey the Lord. This place is so. Lord. Why is obedience such a big heavy hitter for the Lord? <laughs> I think the majority of Christian life is obedience. Okay. It's just doing. It's doing what's right, even when you don't feel like it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? There are days where I want to be unloving with my wife. There are days where she might do something that sets me off, and I and I want to be upset or angry or bitter toward her. So, but my so, command is not to be. So much of religion back in those days was about sacrifice. Sacrifice this to this God. Sacrifice this action. Don't you know? And and you know, uh, fasting and. And there was so much of, of this uh, day and age that was geared towards sacrifice when in reality the Lord really re- requires obedience. The sacrifice was made in Christ. Now, that's not to say we don't sacrifice in our, in our daily lives as Christians, but it's saying that obedience trumps sacrifice in our lives. Be obedient no matter what. Yeah, I mean, don't, in other words, like to apply this to our day, don't follow your heart. Right, 
uh, such bad advice. Uh, Terrible uh, advice. Uh, to follow your heart. That's bad advice. When you look at the temptations of Jesus, uh, I've heard it said, uh, uh, don't doubt in the night what Jesus clearly said in the day. Or something like that. Don't doubt in the darkness what he clearly said in the light. Maybe that's the quote. I mean, that, you know, be obedient. You're not always going to feel it. You know, I, I love the story of Joseph in Genesis 39-ish. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure there are times where he felt oh, rejected and alone. Right. But but Moses writes three, different, three, four different times, the Lord was with him. The Lord was with him. As a reminder, I think, to us in those dark nights, the Lord's with him. Even though you might not feel it, the Lord's there. So obedience is key. So after the children, he deals with fathers in verse 21. Do not exa- Fathers, do not exasperate your children so that they won't become discouraged. There's the next key in the relationship. You know, it just reminded me what today's lesson on the three Gospels of the Father looking down upon the Son and said, this is my Son mm-hmm. who I delight in. Mm-hmm. All three, not John's, I think the only one doesn't have it, but I wrote my, all my kids on a thread this morning. Mm. Words are powerful. Even from the father, obviously, but from a father to a child, oh, words doubt. words can can destroy in a heartbeat, or they can build up when a kid is in a place that you don't even know where they're at. And I stopped right there after I finished that this morning, and I wrote all of them a general letter and said, "Listen, I know I don't say this enough, but I'm proud of you. I love you, and I'm de- I delight in you." Mm. So, and they they've all got, but this that this is so powerful. Words are so powerful. I mean, probably we we probably do the wrong words way outweigh the right words. If we, when we say the wrong things, <laughs> we can say something good, but that wrong that's that's like trying to get toothpaste back in a tube. Mm. You can't do it. <laughs> and you know that old saying: "Words sticks and stones may break, but words don't." It's a lie from hell itself. Yeah. Words hurt. We need to yeah. we need to love. You know, like you told, he says to the children, obey in all things. No matter, John, you said it well, no matter what it is. This is the same way with us. Don't fail in this, guys. The, the, you want a child, he might not be a Harvard graduate, but you want a child that's going to live a life treating that. Bless him with words. Bless her. Yeah. Ever how often you can think, bless them. Put your hand on them. Bless them in God's name. And no matter what they do, bless them. They're his creation, and it's on us. It's it's a big, you know, uh, and like I said, a good word, a good word goes goes yeah. a mile. A bad word goes two miles. Absolutely, there. I mean, so it's yeah. a big deal. Oh yeah, yeah and you, I just you got to speak like nine good words to counteract one really bad that, word. That's exactly you know, right, and Joe. and that's you really don't I'm ever saying. overcome yeah. it, to be honest, but. Notice here in this verse that he's only talking to fathers and not mothers. Isn't that interesting? It is interesting. That mothers aren't mentioned in this verse tonight. They're already doing everything right. (laughs) It's perfection anyway, isn't it? (laughs) Uh, I I found it interesting what Paul doesn't say here as much as what he does say here. Uh, That, you know, mothers aren't mentioned and... uh, Maybe that's because mothers aren't exasperating their kids as much as fathers can. Mothers are nurturers. They are fathers more, are the yeah, you know they're authoritarian. That's there you, so. You just we that, we yeah. have a habit, I think, of over 
stepping that sometimes, especially when things are going sideways and there's pudding on the wall and, and the dog's barking and, and you know, everything's going to pot and your relationships, if anyway, because you're not loving your wife like you should. And, and all of a sudden, uh, you got a harsh word. Yeah, that, do you feel like he's, boy, get to your room. Do you feel like he's poking at you? Huh? Yeah. I'm, I'm not poking <laughs> you, I promise. John, it hurts so deep. And so before you know it, you've you've said some stuff you regret uh, to your children. And so I think a really good piece of advice is shut your mouth, remove yourself from the situation, and pray. And don't say something you'll regret. Especially to your little ones and to your wife, yeah. Those those relationships are priceless, and God's put those those people in your life so that you can rule your household well, and uh, you don't want to destroy that in an angry angry moment. Mm-hmm. And when you fail, apologize. Oh, say you're sorry. Oh, yeah. Because I failed uh, I... in my relationships. Oh, on multiple occasions, and it was. It was a heartfelt apology, always. Um, and sometimes, I mean, and that's that's somewhat suffering, right? Like that's that can be hurtful. That can be terrible. Speaking of Hebrews five eight, as our producer pointed out to me, uh, Hebrews oh, five, five eight, eight is uh, how Jesus that's learned close. obedience. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> so thanks, producer. <laughs> now on to the next section, um, verses. What, 22 through verse 4-1. Yep. Uh, uh, the translations say slave and master relationships. Bond servants. Bond servants. Or, but what are we really talking about here in today's lingo? Because you don't see those. Yeah, employers, employee. Uh-huh. It, it's more of that situation. Um, so we'll read verse 22 through 4-1. I'll just go on and read it. Uh, Slaves, obey your human masters in everything. Don't work only while being watched as people pleasers. uh, uh, Oh, as people pleasers, but work wholeheartedly, fearing the Lord. Whatever you do, do it from the heart as something done to the Lord and not for people, knowing that you will receive the reward of an inheritance from the Lord. You serve the Lord Christ. For the wrongdoer will be paid back for whatever wrong he has done, and there is no favoritism. Masters, deal with your slaves justly and fairly, since you know that you too have a master in heaven. Okay? I, I mean, that really, to summarize, how you work is worship, right? It, it is. How, that, do you, how you conduct your life in general <laughs> It, that's it, hard it, worship. That's it, hard to believe, but that's exactly yeah. what it is. Yeah. When I was in college, I worked at Ruby Tuesday, and there was a guy that came in, and he was a busboy, and and he had just been fired from. He said, "Best job I ever had." And I said, Where, "Where'd you work?" He worked at Smoky Mountain Networks. You ever been there? Of course yeah. you have. So he, he worked there. <laughs> he got he got fired from there. He worked there for three days, and for two days he slept in the closet. <laughs> oh, <laughs> and no. the third day he got fired. <laughs> And he's like, man, that was the best job I've ever had. I said, well, you didn't keep it. <laughs> you know? well, yeah, you were sleeping yeah, while you <laughs> Yeah. Um, uh, that's bad work, right? He got caught on the third day. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's oh, not man. pleasing to the Lord. Uh, <laughs> so whatever you do, uh, work as if you're working for the Lord, not for man. That's a huge thing. Again, Paul uses this, uh, this all-encompassing word, everything. You know, in everything. 
right? Just like mm-hmm. with children and everything, obey your parents. You know, as an employee, we should in every way obey what our employer says to do, right? <clears throat> it can be difficult when the employer acts dumb sometimes. You know, there's plenty of that coming down <laughs> the pike, but that's not our call. It's their business. Yeah, that's right. And so yeah. obedience, again, is what pleases the Lord. And then and then, verse 4, chapter 4, verse 1, Masters, treat your bond servants or your employees justly and fairly, knowing that you have a master in heaven. Uh, um, I mean, I, I look at that. Um, hmm. Well, yeah, I'll tell you. So, so sometimes we have this tendency, if we're in an employee or employer situation where we want to hire people for as cheap as possible, maybe you've, I mean, maybe you've been in that experience and all that. Um, I'll never forget sitting at a table with a guy, uh, a, a minister at a different church, um, and and he was bragging about how he had fired uh, one of his staff members and hired two staff members for the price that he had fired the one guy for. And he's like, yeah, I got them dirt cheap. <laughs> and I remember looking at him saying, are you proud of that? Surely not, right? Uh, Is he getting twice the work? Probably uh, not. Well, he, he he might be, but but it wasn't fair and just is, the, is my point. What he hired these guys, like they were desperate for a job or he, whatever. He will probably end up chasing those two guys more than he did that one. Well, maybe, yeah. It's usually more of a headache. But ultimately, he needs to remember, and he needed to remember that he's got a master in heaven. He's he got does, a boss yes. that he reports to. So, crazy stuff. It's good stuff. Good stuff. Yep. How do, we, how do we live our life? How do we live our relationships? That is pleasing to the Lord. And here it is. Paul spells it out again for us. So, guys, I appreciate the, you all listening this week. And, uh, you yeah. know, take care. Hey, Let's go start. home and tell your wife to submit. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Wow. I'm a, that was a, a, a mental smack to the head to John Welch. We'll see you next time on the Bold Men's Podcast. 